all of the moms that you have drawn here. And um, we just pray, God, that this would be a time of refreshment, that we would um, be able to just sit and soak in your word, and um, that we would just hear and know in our hearts how much you love us and how much you care for us. In our busy days, as we care for others, Lord, we just pray that you would fill us up and that we would take the time um, just to open our hearts to you, Lord, and to um, be in your presence. And we just pray these things in your name. Amen. Okay. How are y'all? I hope this will be a slightly interactive time today, which is what Holly asked me to do, to do something that's sort of along the lines of a workshop so that we all can can really think about spending time with the Lord. And I hear you on those reasons why, and I love that Alyssa pointed out that God does know where you are in your life. And let me tell you, He feels your pain. And so do I, because I'm walking it too. We had a bonus baby about three years ago after when our, when our youngest, all of them were surprises. The very first one was a total surprise. I was, I was working. My husband had, had finished law school. We had met getting our MBAs. There was a lot of school debt. And I had a much better job than he had. And I did not plan on quitting work for at least a few years. We, we just didn't. We're both, we're both very laid back, and so we don't really plan or think about anything. And lo and behold, you know, we were married a month, and then I was pregnant. And so quitting work, we decided that I would quit work when we had children. And so we sort of stuck to our guns and did it. And, and I got to experience debt, which I had never had in my life. And so it taught me all kinds of things, but needless to say, the first one 13 years ago was a big surprise, and the three-year-old was a whopping surprise too, but it was a little more painful at 42 than it was at how old I think, I guess I was, oh, I think I was 31, something along those lines. So anyway, I know what it feels like, oh, do I know what it feels like to not sleep through the night. To, you know, to get up in the morning with that little one. My three-year-old, I don't know why, likes to get up at six and he's killing me because I like my time in the morning and that was the hardest thing for me when I got pregnant with that last one is that he zipped my time. He zipped my time. He made me sick. So, I, you know, I, I had to, I, I love fasting. I had to quit fasting when I was pregnant with him. I had to quit getting up at, you know, at my time in the morning because I was exhausted. And so it did a whole flip-flop of how I spent time with the Lord and how I had what I would consider the disciplines of Christianity, which sometimes I think we forget about some of the disciplines like prayer and fasting and, you know, time in the Word, spending time with other people. And I love this so that you can sit together all in the same spot and say, this is so hard for me. You know, get, it, it's. do you want to hear about my night? And instead of somebody at home not listening to your night, someone sitting next to you going, Oh, yes, I feel your pain. I feel it. And my eyes aren't open either. I looked when I went to, when I got dressed this morning, I went in the girls' bathroom because thankfully they woke up because I left them at home with all the children. And I looked in the mirror and all I could see were these slitty red things. And I was like, what difference does it make? You all won't care because you're, you're walking that same road. So today we're talking about, um, I love your subject for the summer, the heart, soul, and mind. And I know that you all know that verse because it is actually written. There's, there's uh, 
17 times in scripture that admonition to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And sometimes it says strength. 17 times throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, he admonishes us to do that. And so there must be something about it. But the question goes to, you know, what do you really think it means? What, what do y'all think it means? Really, I would love feedback if you feel like doing it. But what do you think it means to love the Lord your God with all your heart? Okay? Okay. And that's a big part of it. Because we aren't emotionless people. We're created in God's image. And God clearly has feelings. We can read from the beginning to the end that he was angered. He was sad. He was happy. He was joyful. He felt. He feels. So emotion is a big part of it. What else does anybody think about the heart? Okay, and you, that's such a great point. The children, because you know your children take your breath away. You know, you look at them and you literally can't breathe. And, and I don't know about y'all, but I, I literally knew nothing about babies when I was pregnant with our first child. I babysat once in my life. It was a disaster. I did it for our youth group leader. And I, the only reason why I did it is because my sister couldn't. And, and I was like, yes, this is the way to get in with the new youth pastor. He might know my name. And so I went over there and babysat this little kid. I will never forget it. And I'm sure that kid will never forget it because I think I scarred him for life. And I turned on the TV for him because... I didn't know what else to do. It was a Friday night. Don't know if y'all knew what Friday night television was like, but I did because I loved to stay home when I was a kid. And the show The Incredible Hulk was on. And I thought, what a great show for this. You know, that's a kid's show. He can watch that. And so here's this little three-year-old. I, I mean, what an idiot. And so he's watching it. Within about 30 minutes, he starts freaking out. And he's like, the Hulk, the Hulk. And he's looking at Sai, and I'm thinking, there's no bird in here. I don't know why you think there's a bird. And he can't, he can't even sit still. He's running behind the chair and hiding and doing all this. And then I finally figure out he's talking about that darn Hulk that had turned, you know, changed from a man to this creepy, scary guy. So anyway, I let go of babysitting at that point and never, ever did it again. Never changed a diaper, nothing. And so when I had children, I even was working on a huge transaction when I got pregnant with that first one. I was an investment banker and I really liked what I did and I was in denial from the minute it happened until literally I was giving birth. I was in that doctor's office two days before with my laptop popping out what I needed to get done praying that my deal would close before I had him which it didn't. But once I had that child that I had no idea what it was. I didn't know how to change. I didn't even have a, we had a crib for the little guy but that was about it. I, I hadn't even bought clothes, diapers, nothing. And, and I get there and hold that baby and I could not believe what it did to me and I know that Anna's sitting there knowing exactly because it doesn't matter how many times you have one either it's that it's like your heart divides and you you you're so connected with that kid that you literally can't breathe I can't breathe today because my 13 year old who I love as much as I did the day he was born he doesn't believe me He doesn't listen to me. He doesn't care. He thinks I don't trust him. He thinks I don't like him. He he could go down the whole liturgy and oh does he know how my heart aches for him every minute of the day and all of them. So that that is the heart part of your relationship with God. And and I I hope that if you if you can consider it for a minute, think about how much you love your children. And then go to the place where you go, oh my gosh, my parents love me that much. 
and then go to the bigger place where, oh, I had no idea how much God loves me. Because how you ache for that child, more than you can imagine is how he aches for you. That gives me chills. I don't know about y'all. But um, loving him with all your heart, like you love those children, loving him with every emotion, which is what we are, and we're women, so we've got it flowing. And sometimes we don't know why, and sometimes we can't explain it, but we've got, we're full of emotion. Is there anything else that, these are great, I love it. Passion. How would you, because you're, you're dead on. So let's say that you are passionate about something. What do you do with a passion? What is a passion? How would you define a passion? I'm so glad you said that because that's even in my notes to go over. You looked at them, didn't you? I'm kidding. <laughs> a passion, what do you think about a passion? It consumes you. It takes up your thoughts. And it's literally a part of you. Now, everyone sitting here has something that you're passionate about. Let's, all of us, all of us are made with an inert need to have passion for God. You may not know it, but you will always feel it. And you can stuff it, you can try and fill it with other things, but it will always be there. Because that's how you're made. The Trinity is made, the Trinity is, is, a, is the being of God. And each part of the Trinity is passionate about the other. They are, they are consumed with each other. They're not at all consumed with themselves. Never do you hear any time you hear God talk, he's not talking about himself in a way that puffs himself up. Jesus never does it. We've never seen the Holy Spirit do that. They're all serving and they're serving each other. There's passion. And that's we were created in God's image, so we were all created with that passion too. We were all created with gifts. And so there's something literally that you have passion about that you're gifted to do. You know, some might be very creative. Some might be really organized. That when you're in there cleaning out and organizing your drawer, you are jazzed. It's like the greatest thing ever to open that drawer and see it all clean. Or if you sit there with your kids and you've done some cute art project and you're like, yes, that's something that you might be passionate about. But the passion consumes us. It takes over our thoughts, and it is inherently a part of you. You can't, you can't run away with it, from it. It is, it is a part of you. Okay, is there anything else? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it does. I think it takes your breath away. It's, it's, um, it's definitely there. Now, when you have your children, it's there, and you don't stuff it. You know, you hold that baby and you don't, for the people in this room, I'm not saying that everyone in the world, because I know there are societies where they do that. I know there are societies, and, and I can think of mom friends of mine that have had to stuff their ache and their long and their passion for their children because they've chosen to do something else or they have to compartmentalize it in order to be able to, to live life where they are. And, and I think you can say that probably throughout the world. And, and different societies literally have different ways of approaching children. But when you have that baby, you instinctively don't stuff that. But for some reason, when we come to the feet of the Lord, we do kind of stuff it. Do you know what I mean? You, it's, it seems so big, and you've heard it your whole life, and you hear it through scripture, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. 
and you don't really know what to do with that. That that seems enormous, you know? How do you do that? How do I do it when for so many years I've said I don't know how to do it? I really don't want to do it. I mean, I really don't want to do it because if I'm doing it, then I might have to take my eyes off myself for a minute, and I really don't like that. And I don't, I don't have time to do it. And, you know, where do you start? Have, have any of y'all, and, and, and you don't have to answer it out loud, but just think about it. Think about it at times in your life. Have there been times where you very specifically set, a ti- set aside time for the Lord? And really made the commitment and did it. And what was that like? Have you never done it, but you've always wanted to do it, but you really didn't know how to do it? And now you're in this phase of life where, I mean, good luck getting breakfast on the table. Or, you know, good luck having a conversation with your husband. Or good luck literally having a shower. I I really think it's been 13 years since I've had a shower by myself, let alone gone to the bathroom by myself. And it's it's those times, is there there even a minute for me? Do I even exist? Do you all ever feel that way? I wonder a lot. I was really excited when my five-year-old was heading off to kindergarten until I saw that positive on the stick and I thought, I'm going to be back, you know, (laughs) but I was pulled back into, my sister was so funny, she told me, because I said, I thought I saw the light at the end of the tunnel, and she said, you didn't see the light at the end of that tunnel, you saw the white of two eyes staring at you, (laughs) and she was right, okay, so I'm like totally not going off my notes at all, because this is, this is good stuff to talk about, if we for a second look at the heart, just look at the just the, the organ is... Thank you for saying that. That is it. It's hard at first. It, it is. And there's a lot of mornings it'll be hard. And my mind is thinking about everything I need to do today. Slow down. Let me get in it. But once you get in it, it's just this... It's like a fire hydrant. Anybody else? But letting your condition be because the psalmist is there too. Okay? And just so you know, this psalmist, we didn't have any background here. But when you sit down to scripture and you do the who, what, when, where, and why, it's usually a helpful thing to do if you have the time where you can go, who wrote this psalm? This psalm, if you'd probably been reading in your Bible, most of us have a Bible that has notes. You would learn that this particular person who is, is it, a, a, who, what's the name on it? I can't remember. Anyway, Asaph maybe, he's probably someone who is really of exemplary piety. Someone who genuinely um, is in the word of God and it is everything to him. Okay, so he's right there. I think he says, I wrote down that he says, Take away the disgrace I dread, for your law feels good. So, you know, again, everybody's walking the same road. And there's the message. You're okay. You're good. You are okay. It's okay. But come to my law. Come to my word. Not my law that's heavy and that is all the you have to do this and you need to do that. You know, it's not that. It's a law that offers you freedom. It's the law that makes it light and easy. And you go to him and say, I have no clue what it means when you say that your burden is light and your, and your yoke is easy. I don't get it. I don't have any idea what you mean when you say I'm supposed to fear you. 
you know, go to him and say and say those things. I don't understand this. But I'm gonna here's my time and please show yourself to me. And you know what? He will. Because again we go back to the truth. Ask and you will find. Knock and the door shall be open to you. I think too as you do that, as we do those things, as you know, in the the crazy thing about God's word is that probably ninety nine point nine 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 percent it's exactly opposite of the way the world operates. And so in my mind I would think, well if I'm gonna be reading about God's law, then I'm gonna get all this do's and don'ts and you have to Okay, the the crazy thing about it is that it's not that. It's much more, here's who I am. Let me show you who I am. Even in the do's and don'ts, don't, don't read that as a list. Read it as a picture and a description of who I am. Because I am the fulfillment of all of those things. When you read something that says, like in Philippians where it says, um, you know, gosh, I should get, because my brain, you know, I think I have early Alzheimer's too. But where you get a list of something, even where you have the love is good, love is patient, love is kind, that's God. Okay, that's who he is. When it says, "Think on these things; things that are pure, that are lovely, that are of good report," you know, if if I'm reading it for me, I'm going to be seeing, "Okay, I need to think about this. I need to think about that. I need to think about this." But if I put it onto God, I go, "Oh, he is good. He is lovely. He is pure. He is of good report." And so, take it and read it how it's how it's written to you as this is who I am. Draw to me, and I will draw to you. And then it's then it's not this heavy, you know, burden of just I've got to read this and do everything it says. It's it's more you read this and then you watch me do it through you. And so when you pick up when you turn on the TV, it makes it more enjoyable to watch, quite frankly, because you probably would tend to move away from something that you shouldn't watch, not because you should not watch that, but because you just don't want to anymore. Yeah, you just don't want to. And then you can enjoy the beautiful things that he's put on this earth for you to enjoy. Because there's good things on television. There's great things that you could watch. It's not all bad. You know, spending time on the internet is not all bad. You know, looking at, there's, there's some really great stuff. But if I've, if I've ordered my day properly, then I actually will enjoy it more than if I don't, which is completely counter to the way the world would tell me. The world would say, you have to do X, Y, and Z to get, you know, D. God does not work that way. But the only way for you to know that is to be in it so that he shows you how he does it. Okay, anything, anybody else? Mm-mm. Yes, and this judge, this huge judge, he's like, I love you. I, the judgment has been done. The victory has been won. It's over. Let it be over. And let me show you who I am because I love you. Because I love you. That's so cool. Because we are blameless through Christ. But there is no way to know that. And and to get your mind centered on that truth before you go out in the day. And during the day, you're going to be zipped from it. You know, you'll be back in the same spot. But maybe not as long. Maybe you won't wallow there as long. And as you as you go along and you hit some verses, I'm reading, you know, again, I've read this. I keep this Psalm 119 just 
at hand because when I get in the mood where I don't want to do it or whatever this Psalm 119 is such an inspiration to be in God's word and and it does it just meets everybody where they are and it kind of cracks me up how, how you, you could say oh I opened scripture and it spoke exactly to my life today well guess what it doesn't matter where you open scripture it will speak to your life exactly as it is today it really will if you let yourself be availed to it which is the amazing part it's not a magic book it's God's love story and his letter to you it's his letter to you so I know it's um, let's see what we're supposed to be over at noon it's 1147 which is probably when you're supposed to pick up your kids at noon at the very end of this packet not at the very you know at the very end there's a few pages there is um, a letter that Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote to his brother and uh, when you get home today before you sign this if you want to sign it because you know don't be guilted into it read this letter because he I don't know if you all know who Dietrich Bonhoeffer is but this man lived during the time of Adolf Hitler his family was really the his father was probably the most brilliant uh, psychologist in the in, in the university level in all of Germany they were very well respected smart a very smart family his brother actually split the atom with Albert Einstein they're of this caliber of people that Germany was very proud of them for whatever reason uh, Dietrich when he was he could go to any school do anything he wanted he decided he wanted to go into theology which kind of his parents let him do he's a very interesting guy and he became a theologian and in the midst of that um, you know Luther was a big part of moving into Protestantism at that time and most people really had never read God's word before because it wasn't really available to them individually and Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his all his education and searching and all this his heart genuinely wanted to know God and he started reading the Bible and this letter is, is something that he wrote to his brother about reading scripture and this man believed it through and through because he started getting into it and it's so neat because as he writes this letter he even says I, I haven't been doing this for very long but let me tell you what it does to you and he he was a martyr he died because of his faith in a concentration camp only weeks before the, the liberation occurred and so he believed in it so much he died for it and if you want to know someone who believed in it so much that he separated himself from himself that is Christ he believed in it so much that when he went to the Lord and he said take this cup from me he knew him well enough to know that the Lord was sovereign over whether or not that cup should be taken and he rested and he trusted and he went to his death for us because he knew God because he intimately was connected with his Savior and his Father. And that's what he made available to all of us. So, I hope as you consider the love the Lord your God with all your heart part, that you might do this. And then next time when you come, Judy Wimberly is speaking on the soul, that you'll have a good month under your belt of spending time with the Lord. There you have it. I hope that was worth your time today. (laughs) Can I pray for us? Lord God, 
We thank you for your word. We thank you that we live in a country that's free where we can study it. We thank you that it is available to us in all kinds of translations and uh, with different notes associated with it, with different coverings. We just thank you that it's very widely available, that we can go online onto this internet and be able to tap into some of the people that have studied your word for years and years uh, through commentaries and all kinds of ways. But we thank you more than anything that we don't have to turn to any man or to any person to know you, that you reveal yourself to each one of us uniquely and individually. And I ask for myself that you will give me an insatiable hunger for your word. I ask for each one of the ladies here that you will make it very real to them, the fuel that you provide and the food that you provide through your word, and that you will help them know that what they are doing is the best job that could ever be done, and that you will raise each one of these houses, these little warriors, to be just on fire for you, Lord, that they will...